Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and I'm so excited today to be joined by award-winning singer and songwriter Anita Lerke. Anita is originally from Denmark, and she's now living in the U.S. with her heart firmly planted in the music and culture of Punjab in India. She's the first non-Asian woman from the West to sing and release a solo album in Punjabi, So she's been touring the world and receiving numerous awards and honors, and she has a recent album release, Love is My Religion, and it just received a Global Music Award silver silver medal for Best Female Vocal. So welcome, Anita. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you so much, Kara. I've been looking so much forward to speaking with you. Oh, me too. And I can't wait to discuss your new album. It's truly so beautiful. It's really, I mean, the vocals and and the messaging, it's really uplifting. Um, but before we get to that, um, I would love to talk about your, this rich journey that you have that has, um, you know, your music career goes back to really when you were a child and you've had so many different iterations of callings musically, really. And, um, but you have a fascinating story about how you became so integrated in the Punjabi music scene. So um, I, would you like to tell us about and just share a bit about your journey? I would love that. Yes. So it all started that professionally, I I had my formal education into musical theater. So I was singing, dancing, acting and performing at the theaters. 
and I just released my first solo album, I Love a Piano, with pop and musical ballads. And at that time, I felt like I never really took a vacation. So I ended up, I, I had been meditating for quite some years in Denmark with Gona Mühlmann, and he had been traveling to India for many, many years. And actually for five years at that time, he had been asking me every year, Anita, are you coming with us trekking in the Himalayas, hiking? And I was like, oh, I'm busy with my singing career. So I always wanted, but said no. So at that time, I was 31 and I thought, okay, it's time to allow myself to do something that has not, got nothing to do with my singing career. So I went to India with a group of Danish people in 2005. And here I was for the first time. I didn't bring makeup. I didn't bring any high heels or mirror. I was just first time with a backpack and I was going to go to the Himalayas and I swore I was not going to tell anybody I'm a singer because I just wanted to immerse myself into the feeling of exploring and and not having a big high goal <laughs> and of course everything happened that I did not expect. First thing was I just felt home when I arrived in India it was a very strange feeling. I'd always loved Indian food, but there I saw myself just feeling home. And when we were trekking in the Himalayas, I started, I, I, I was lying on this huge rock and these notes just came out of me. And I, I remember that I sang, it feels like beginning a whole new life. The water is clearing my heart and my eyes. And that was what happened. I was sitting around the campfire a week later and the local people, the tribal people, they were singing from morning to evening and they didn't like me. I had been working so much on my technique and these guys, they just sang from their heart and they inspired me and I started joining them. My friend from Denmark, uh, Gunnar Mühlmann, he said, you know, why don't you record a couple of songs with the tribal people? So that's how it started. I learned a couple of songs in the Kula dialect, Himachali language. And we were invited to Punjab. Actually, the whole group was going to Taj Mahal. And I was like, I don't want to see monuments. I came to explore the culture of India um, and the people of India. So I was invited uh, to Punjab while they were going to Taj Mahal. I went to Punjab and on that journey, I heard Punjabi music for the first time. And that was when I totally fell in love with this music. And I had this vision that I should record some music like this. And I just sat there dancing in the bus, like for myself and <laughs> daydreamed about recording this kind of music that I had no idea what was. It just felt so, it was talking to me, speaking to my heart. Yeah. And so I recorded these couple of songs in Punjab and I thought I was going to go home because I had shows lined up in Denmark. And then some people had heard me in the studio and they were like, oh, this Gauri, this white girl, she learned to sing in Punjabi and uh, no in Himachali in a couple of days maybe she can learn to sing in Punjabi so they offered me a record contract and at that time okay 
I told, I, I mean, I just had that vision. So I decided to stay back, the input job, just to meet the producer and just to see what this was. And within a week, I signed the contract and I stayed back in Punjab and started learning to sing in Punjabi. So that was the crazy way that this adventure into Punjabi music happened. Wow. Totally unexpected. That's fascinating. And so what I love is you're talking about, you know, hearing the music and how much it just it went beyond the language barrier right to your soul, right to your heart. So then in order to sing in Punjabi, you have to, you know, you've got the language barrier. I know that you, you had recorded in some like 16 languages or something already to that point, correct? I had so, been singing in 13 different languages. Uh, I, I ended up counting that number when I had an interview and I didn't, I hadn't even realized that was just my career that, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, gave me these challenges and I love challenges. So I just said, yes, but with Punjabi, you're right. That was a huge challenge because the pronunciation was so different than any other language I had ever been singing in. Mm. So I had really to, to work very hard with my Anurag Sut from Husharpur in Punjab. I stayed with his family and he taught me the meaning, the pronunciations of the words. And it was like maybe doing like a university degree or something in, in very yeah. intense. I, that's so what it, I imagine. Yeah. I dived deep, deep into it. And, and I, I made up my own phonetic system for Punjabi because they have got some different sounds like and 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 so things that sounds I had never heard before. So I had, mm. and I had worked a lot with phonetics, but these sounds, I didn't have a sign for that. Yeah. So I had to develop things like that. And when I then released the album the year after, I, I just had no idea that there was no other white woman or non-Asian woman singing in Punjabi. So it gave me a very unexpected break <laughs> in my career. Yeah. I mean, from that time, I... I immersed myself into the Punjabi music and culture because it just spoke so deep, deeply to me as if I was, I felt this belonging and my soul, I just felt so connected and still do. Well, what is, I mean, again, just coming back to the language, it's, it's remarkable because for you, for it to have been so difficult for you from a language perspective, but then to have been able to transmit something that touched so many people because it, it really took off. So it was, it was, um, like that's a, I think, I mean, I, you know, I lived in Italy for several years and I never really got totally comfortable with my language skills. So I really appreciate like the ability or the the dedication to to be able to communicate effectively, but then in an artful way that really does um, cut through the language to something really much deeper is really commendable and and really speaks to the power of music as well and energy because it. I, I'm I'm not sure like how much 
uh, how much connection you had to the words themselves rather than like the feeling behind the words that you're transmitting, if that makes sense. Does that make yes, sense? Yes, it does. And the words, yes, they were all new to me, but I, I learned like the literal meaning of every word and the overall meaning. And so I could really, you know, attach that emotion and and go mm-hmm. deep into those emotions plus i lived in punjab for for so long time so i i could really feel how those words what i mean there's so many it talks about the clothing you're wearing the food that you're speaking so many cultural references where you you really have to live there to really understand them on on a very deep level mm-hmm yeah. But but yes, music, I always say that music is the language of the heart. It has mm. got no barrier and it can really connect people across uh, cultures, religions, uh, borders. It's there's no boundaries and that's what I love about music because I've always felt that we all people with a heart. Mm. I I don't see all these divisions that people talk about all the time I I I don't need to divide people Mm -hmm. I always just see people and and feel them as people yeah (laughs) I love learning from people's different backgrounds their cultures their languages their music and the music especially that really always reflects the culture of a people so there's so much to get inspiration from when we meet something which is different from what what how we were raised and and what we've experienced in life so right yeah and india in particular i mean is such a deeply spiritual place as well so um you know from that perspective like thinking about the culture i i haven't had the the blessing to be to go to india yet but i mean i've i've studied a lot about it and um but it it seems that that will only benefit an artist to be immersed in, in, and especially an artist such as yourself who is like really wanting to uh, bring love and unity forth through your art. It's like what a beautiful launching point for for that development. You know, I mean, it's it's what we all need <laughs> for sure in abundance I mean, I would right say- now. I would say, Kara, it's uh, you might we we say like, oh, it's so spiritual and all that, and it's true, but it's also extremely. Um, it puts you on into a, I put me into a big challenge because you cannot really control things the way that you can in your own environment. Yeah. There's things has got its own sweet time and you really have to you're forced to living in the moment in India and there's so much noise there's so much craziness so I would say to keep my sanity and to I mean I've never experienced myself getting like so into my emotions like I was like oh getting all the the you know feeling upset and all that but but then with the yoga, that was really what kept me sane. Oh, so every yeah. morning I had to do my yoga and I really dig deep into learning about yoga when I lived there. Mm. And with that basic, 
like meditation, when you've got that basic, then you can face any challenge that you meet and just take the best out of it. So that gave me that grounding that I feel is very needed in India. Yeah. There's so much beauty, but also this craziness that I love. It's so colorful and everybody has to experience it. Yeah. It's just amazing. <laughs> and you lived there, did you live there for 10 years? Over a period of 10 years, I lived there maybe five months a year in total. So I, I traveled back and forth every year. And, and I lived there most of the time. I was touring a lot and I was in Denmark some of the time and then touring and then living in India, recording my music videos, my music. And mm. so, yeah, just, uh, yeah, living with local families and they treated me like their own daughter, that, that hospitality that you'll experience in India, that is something which is stunning and yeah. It's breathtaking. I've never experienced anything like it. Right. Oh, I, I have heard this. And one of my closest friends from college is uh, of, of Indian descent. Her family is Gujarati. And um, so I remember when she got married and, and uh, you know, being a part of that wedding and, and family coming in from all over and they were hosting everybody and it was like days long and all the <laughs> meals, it was beautiful. But the hospitality is like way beyond anything that I've experienced here. Yeah, okay. I got married in Punjab as well oh, with, my, with my Danish childhood sweetheart. Aww. So we had a five-day wedding also with two elephants and oh 500 gosh. people and it just wow. it was so crazy yeah and amazing they just love to celebrate a dream come for true. sure <laughs> yeah that's that is so beautiful so so your um your career also before all of this happened you you had a lot of um you were living in london for part of it doing theater in london you um you were on the Danish version of Eurovision, yeah. which I was like, what? I didn't know that. <laughs> That's a big deal in Europe. Um, I don't know. Did you see Will Ferrell's um, Eurovision movie on Netflix? I've not seen Have it. Have you not? No, oh my not. gosh. You've got, do you have Netflix? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. He's, uh, is he Icelandic? I think. But, um, you know, Eurovision doesn't really get its due here in America, but it's such a, a phenomenon in, in Europe. And, Absolutely. Uh, it's the, the, the highlight, the biggest singing competition you can get, or yeah. you, at least it used to be. It used to be the biggest and the only way you can really. <laughs> yeah, and a huge celebration, of, you know, on the continent and uh, throughout. I mean, it <laughs> I've had some, I've been a part of some really crazy Eurovision parties when I lived yeah. in England where we were, you know, that yeah. was the whole point of the party was to, was to watch Eurovision <laughs> and cheer on your, you know, pick your country and cheer on. So fun. Yeah. But, I um, and then you did Danish dubbing for the Toy Story sequels and for Barbie and uh, I, which I can totally 
I can totally hear when I'm listening to your music. I'm like, oh my God, she'd be perfect for that. You have such an angelic voice. But um, but that's really cool too. And um, and so now you have your your latest release, your latest album called Love Is My Religion. And you wrote all the songs and lyrics yourself. And I was interested to hear when you were talking about how the music came to you. Do you want to talk a little bit about how yeah. how this creation came to be? So my whole life, I had been dreaming about making my own songs and releasing my own music. And for some reason, I never, my fear always held me a little bit back. I didn't truly trust myself and believe in myself to be able to do it so I recorded other people's music in Punjab I I had songwriters writing music for me and I always released one of my own songs on each album but but never like a full album Mm. so this was love is my religion is my fifth solo album and it it started three years back I went for a healing session with a girl here in Indianapolis. It was called Kiran Lal. She is uh, also called the ambassador of light. She is truly remarkable. and, And so I had this session with her and she gave me the advice that when I write my songs, I mean, I should sit in the quiet hours in the evening. So I tried that out. I sat the day after our, my session with her, I sat down, I meditated, and then I just took a, she said, take a notebook and just write down whatever comes to you. And that's it, just, just do that. So I took my notebook after the meditation and then I wrote, I had no idea what I was going to write down, but something just came to me. So I wrote it down and then I thought, okay, let me sing it, whatever that is. So I took my phone and then I sang the lyrics and that was a complete song. And the day after I did it again and the third day after I I did the same thing and a third song came to me. Then I got a little bit scared. (laughs) (laughs) One month later, I tried again and a whole song came again. So within two months, these six songs, they just came down to me, like literally, I, I always say that they're downloaded. <laughs> so was it the the lyrics were coming and then when you were reviewing them and recording them, you just came up with a melody or? Yeah, I just sang the melody and I promise you, not a single note has been adjusted. Wow. It's literally just, I, I just sang the lyrics without having any idea before that, oh, no, I like this tune. Or <laughs> You know what's funny? When I was listening to the first song on mm-hmm. the album, yeah. I was, I could, I would like know when you were going to go up, and or you know like when like I kind of knew the melody like when you I don't know I don't know how to describe it very well but I was like this must be the one that I watched of your video I was like no I think that was love 
is my religion. That's the one mm. that was named off the title of the album. And I'm like, that's not what this is that I'm listening to. But I could know the flow as like right before you would go up a note, for example, I'd be like, oh, she's about like, I was like, or I would yeah. know that you were going to repeat a line or mm. it was, it flowed really naturally to where even though I was like, I must have heard this before because it's so natural and it's so, but there's something like maybe universal with it or I don't know. It was so interesting because I was like, I'm sure I must have heard this before because I know like how this melody goes as I'm listening to it. And uh, so it's interesting to hear you talk about the process because it's like, yeah, there's something like that the soul that resonates like right away with the soul, with this yeah. music. It's a, it's a song, Follow Your Heart. Yes, yes, the first yes. first song. Yeah. So beautiful. I mean, what an amazing experience. So then you've got the lyrics, and then as you're recording into, the, like, the very first time, it just, the melody just comes with it. Yeah, 100%. And then you didn't change anything? Nothing, nothing. Wow. Then, then I was like, okay, I've got it my songs I've got some songs I've got lyrics I've got the tunes the compositions but then I needed a producer to record the music and I was going back and forth about who I should choose and I ended up wanting to work with Jim Kimo West he's a slap key guitarist one of the big the greatest in the world in this it's a, a way of playing the guitar slap key guitarist it, it, in Hawaii, that kind of uh, the the way they 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 play their guitar, it's a it, open string. They tune it with open strings or play with open strings or something. Mm -hmm. But he plays in such a soulful way that that has always I've always been a big fan of him. And he was nominated for Grammy some years back with with his album uh, Guitar Stories, and then. With this album, he, I don't know if it was Guitar Stories. That was the first album I fell in love with, for sure. And then we, we, we ended up recording these songs, and it was, he could just play that guitar, so it fitted the, my tune so well, and it was an amazing experience. And he's actually nominated for a Grammy, for his second Grammy now, with his album, More Guitar Stories. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, you could check it out. It's very soothing, and uh, he's he's really a genius. And so he produced it together with me, and we had a cellist, um, cello player, playing um, Simone Vitucci, and some Indian. I, I there was one song, the title song called "Love Is My Religion," where I wanted to have a flavor of South Asia, or India in particular. So we had a tabla player and a um, sarangi player. And then um, my producer from there, uh, the guy who helped us from India recording it, he also played some tanpura and kora. Some, so it has got a very nice, uh, some different elements of, of the East, which I wanted to, to be attached to that song because it was so different from all the other songs it that is. came to me. Yeah, it is. It, it is set apart, that one, you know. Yeah. 
Um, so now were you recording this in 2020? Yes, I rec- most of it, uh, we, we recorded all the vocals. Uh, my vocals was recorded in 2020 and his initial, his guitar, we recorded in October, 2019. Okay. And he started the producing. And then during COVID, I, we recorded the Indian instrumentalists uh, from Punjab. And I recorded my vocals here in Indianapolis in the Lodge Studios. I was wondering if, yeah, I was wondering if it was all kind of because of COVID, if it had to be sort of, or would you have done it that way anyway from different remote locations and put it together? No, you would have done it all together. I I like being with people, uh, I mean, in the same studio, but this was COVID that just, you know, challenged us all. And yeah, I just wanted the music to come out because I feel where we all are right now, this soothing message about following your heart and let go of fear. That is a, something very important um, that I think these songs could help people, you know, listen to their inner voice mm-hmm. and follow their heart in life. Yeah. So, so I really want, plus it was my dad's 70th birthday last year uh, in November. So I was aiming to have it finished for that as a tribute to him. Oh. He, he inspired me a lot with his voice and his, he always played the guitar when I was a child and had his own band. And so mm. it was like a tribute to him. I wanted to, you know, give him that gift of, mm. <laughs> and recording it all in English so they could understand the songs and all that. Yeah, that's beautiful. And and that's one of the things too, you, you kind of touched upon with these songs and we talked we talked a little bit about it at the beginning too but this the message that runs through everything is this love and this unity and this um empowerment of you know following your heart and and listening to your soul and you know overcoming fear and you have a, the voice of an angel. I mean, really, it's so, so beautiful. The The vocals are incredible. Um, but the combination of the beauty of your voice with the messaging is so powerful that I'm like, that it, it really allows somebody to, I was, I know I mentioned this kind of over, over email with you, but it really does kind of allow people to lift up into a higher dimension. Again, like the way that the vocals carry the, the sound and the message, you can even bypass the language part. You can bypass the words of what you're saying to do that. But then when you add to it the power of the words that you've chosen and how universal they are and how important they are from a unity, unity consciousness perspective it's it's very powerful so um i i got i get a lot out of it when i listen to it it's it's really really something very beautiful thank you so much as you would imagine if it's been downloaded (laughs) yeah and 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 also you know to 
to remember that, you know, life is very precious. It's very short. We, we live and then, then we die. But if we put, if we spread the message of love and through whatever we're good at, we, we can make a positive difference into this world. And, and that will continue living when we make a positive difference for other people, then that will be our legacy, you can say, or that can make a positive change and that can never be taken away or right. perish. Right. So true. And that's one, the theme of one of your songs as well, is that, that message of, of uh, you know, we're here and then we go and <laughs> it's, it's kind of what you do with your now right? Which is so important. Yeah. Yeah. So how about what's on the horizon for you? I know that you've, you know, you've just released this, so there's going to be, you know, you're going to want to ride that out for a while, but, um, are you still engaging with your creativity in the same way using meditation or your, the aftermath of meditation? Yes, I so I am in the process of recording some Sikh devotional songs. Mm. And it's something I've been singing these kind of Sikh devotional songs for for many, many years. Uh, I also recorded an album with Bhajans, which is Hindu devotional songs. But that last year during COVID, I started the recordings of the first two songs. And right now, I just had my team record some music videos in Punjab with these devotional songs. Uh, and it's going to be very, very soothing and, and also with, a, with some beautiful messages, devotional. And so I'm in the process of that. And wow. whenever I... I yeah, before I go on stage or before I go to the studio or before I do creative work, I always meditate a bit and, and tune into my higher self so I can hear my inner voice better and be 100% present and yeah. in the now. So that helps me finding that stillness and using my breathing and my... The yoga fixes my body so it's relaxed and then in balance and then the meditation helps me to to really tune in and get into alignment right so that is an important part of of that process right yeah yeah one of the things that I'm exploring more and more with meditation is in in um, involving some sound and um, it hasn't really been something that I embraced for a long time because the method that I was taught was kind of like you do it in silence and, you know, any, any kind of external sounds can be distracting. Um, so that was like the way that I did it for many years. And then I started kind of playing around more with um, adding music in, adding like solfeggio tones or... Um, or frequencies, mm. you know, in there. And, um, and the amplification that I have found, I don't use them all the time because I do feel like then I might get numb to, to that, you know. But because I do it infrequently, um, 
I do find it really adds something. So I'm wondering with the devotional chants or the devotional music, if that's something that, because the love is my religion, I would say, I mean, the way that like, I probably wouldn't use that in meditation per se. I feel like there's more of a, a conscious attunement to it. Um, mm. It's melodic and, um, mm. but then maybe like devotional. So like I could use Krishna Das, for example, or Sanatam Kaur or something. Um, that's not typically, usually again, I go more into the harmonics, more of the solfeggio kind of frequency stuff in meditation, but do you think that the devotional ones would be things that people could meditate to, or maybe even like before meditation to sort of get you into that space? Yes. Uh, one of the songs is called a Vaheguru Simran. And the only word I'm singing is Vaheguru. Mm. And that is, uh, that is very, very meditational. And that is, we just used to to meditate on God and oneness and and connecting yourself to the higher mm. to the higher self. So that is perfect for that. And mm. you would probably hear Krishna Das and and uh, um, at least uh, White Sun that beautiful group who also won a Grammy some years back. They also do a lot of uh, Vahiguru mm. as well in mm. their songs, but it's like chanting basically. Yeah. And it's just one word. So, mm. so that becomes your meditation. Mm -hmm. So the other ones are, there's a lot of words in the other one. So, so let's see. I mean, I think it helps put your mind into into a meditational stage, the other, mm -hmm. the other Shabbats, whereas the Vahiguru Simran is very suitable for the actual meditation. Okay. Yeah. That's, I have used chants, like chanting music, mm. like pre-meditation, like as I'm kind of preparing to get into a meditative mm. state, but using that music to really open the heart um, and kind of get into that space and then go into silence. Um, so that can be really valuable too. And I think even love is my religion. You could do that with that too. I mean, it's so heart opening, um, that it definitely, like I said, it can, it can easily help you connect with a higher dimension, which is very good to do before you meditate for sure. <laughs> yeah. My, one of my friends, she's, uh, 25 years old and she said this kind of music especially like all the songs but the first one she heard was follow your heart and mm. she said that that helped her connect to her deeper self to her inner self and and she had never tried that before so mm. for her it really worked as a kind of meditation because she could just feel herself and she felt her thoughts become calm and she was less anxious all these things that just yeah. calmed her down and so so it's nice to hear such feedback that yeah yeah but it's got very positive messages absolutely and it's interesting because um you know earlier when we were when we were chatting at the beginning of this you mentioned that one of the things that had stopped you from recording more of your own music was that fear and that doubt. Mm. 
and um, and some of your music in this album directly confronts that for the listener, like, you know, overcome and, and don't listen to that, you know, don't listen to the shadows. And, um, I mean, I personally needed, I needed that message today when I was listening to, I was like, yes, you're right. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. don't listen to that. And, uh, you know, those, those doubts and that fear. And, um, we all have it really. And, and it's just remembering that we let go of the fear everything is possible. Mm. It's just calming that voice and listening to that voice of love and positivity and inspiration and let go of that fear because it's not useful at all. Right, right. (laughs) It's holding us back. You're holding yourself back. Absolutely. Yeah. And it can be so convincing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. so this is like, again, that's what I love about this. It's the the love and the unity and the empowerment. You know, you bring all of that together and it's it's very powerful. So beautiful tool for everybody to uh, tap in and and overcome and use it as your sword of light. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. So... In these times of COVID, I suppose you don't have any any specific plans to get back to India anytime soon. So I was in India last time in in March, okay. just before oh, right I, at the very beginning. Oh. The last day before everything locked down, I just happened to get home in time. Oh wow! So that was good. But I had my last tour then. Mm. Then. I managed to go to Denmark to visit family in December and actually had two live performances, Did the you? first one since March. Wow. <laughs> so for 15 people in the church. So that was really nice. Oh, yeah. Um, but yes, I, that was my first time performing live in all these months. And so I miss it. I yeah. miss it truly being with you know singing for people interacting with people that's one of the things I love the most yeah in my career yeah well hopefully we'll we'll start emerging back into you know more public life before we know it <laughs> yeah yeah so for now I will just focus on recording some more music and um, music videos and putting out some good things that can inspire people to to hold on to all the positive things. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Anita. What a beautiful light you are in this world. And, and um, just I applaud and honor what you're bringing forth. Thank you for answering your call for, <laughs> for the light that you're spreading. And thanks for being with me here today. Thank you so much, Kara. I really loved speaking with you. Thank you. So do be sure you check out Anita's new album, Love Is My Religion. It is so beautiful, and you won't be sorry. You can catch that on uh, in your streaming services like Spotify and on Apple and and all all those regular ways. Um, And if you've enjoyed this episode, please share. Or if you're an Apple user, you can rate or review. And all of that 
assists in sharing the light and uh, and the love. So I appreciate your support and I look forward to the next meditation conversation. Close your eyes, I'm here.